You are about to enter into a new world of knowledge, curiosities, and high strangeness. This is a podcast of Straight Up Strange Productions. And welcome to episode 58 of Spellcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and this is my co-host, Andreal. Greetings, friends. We are currently on the road right now, coming back from the flagship event of the Society of Creative Anachronism, the Penzik War. We just had a wonderful Penzik War 48. For those of you who don't know, we're going to explain throughout this podcast. And how that tradition mixes with our tradition of celebrating Lamas and Lunasa. Yes, so this is another awesome vacation episode. Uh, Thank you guys so much for understanding that we took this vacation and so we missed uh, an episode or two. But we are back and uh, we really think you'll enjoy it. And Ignatius is here with us as well. Woohoo! Magical llamas! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, llamas or llamas, you'll find out. So we um, had the ability to celebrate, like Andrea was saying, um, our holidays at Pensac War. So it was a really great combination of different things that we love. And the Pensac War is amazing because we basically get to go back in time. Yes. So the Society of Creative Anachronism, for those of you who have read uh, Diane L. Paxton, um, who was one of the founding members, um, is essentially a uh, medieval Renaissance style organization that hosts events all around the world. Now, these events include, uh, but is not limited to, uh, classes of all sorts, whether they be history, old style acting, um, making uh, craft items such as books or even your own knives, uh, anything useful, cooking, medieval cooking. Uh, There is axe throwing, spear throwing, of which I'm quite fond of. There is... Uh, archery, um, pretty much all sorts of throwing weapons and area weapons. Adaladdle, that's a lot of fun. Oh, uh, we're passing the phone back and forth, by the way. So if there's a delay, um, uh, we're just letting you know because I'm not going to pass it to Courtney because she wants to say something. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit of a different setup. Uh, we're using the mobile setup here for Anchor, which is actually great because obviously then we can record in the car for you. Um, now, as Andrea was saying, there are so many things that the SCA offers. And on top of all those awesome mundane things, we also have some pretty magical things going on there. Uh, there are pagan-style festivals. There are actual uh, pagan practitioners and all different sorts of religious beliefs and people coming together. And they have their own events and their own private get-togethers. Uh, and us three, we actually were able to get together and do a ritual ourselves in the field, which was awesome. Yes, and to give a little context on the field, um, Penzik is celebrated at Cooper's Lake in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, which I believe is 45 minutes north of Pittsburgh. It's north or south of Pittsburgh. I believe it's north of Pittsburgh. Um, This is a beautiful campground that uh, holds uh, roughly around 12,000 people. It's quite a lot. Um... So, if we took at least a good portion of the people who listen to Spellcast, uh, we could try to fit them all at Penzik. Yeah, we can have our own camp. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know if, uh, I don't know if you can hear me now, but basically, if you guys all wanted to come to Penzik, we could have our own camp. It'd be awesome. 
Uh, Penzik uh, is very interesting in the sense that you basically make it in their villages upon villages. Um, there are all sorts of craftsmen uh, from all over the world that come to this event. Um, one most notable, who I will throw in right now as a shout out, um, my dear friend Alistair Greenbrier, the owner and proprietor of Verilas. Uh, for those of you young ladies that uh, I know who have swooned over this this gorgeous man, uh, wonderful soul, very talented, very talented with a rapier, um, competes in many tournaments, uh, sells all sorts of kilts, medieval style clothing, and this year he actually had some Nepali influence with his clothing for his time that he spends in Kathmandu. Yeah, his stuff is amazing. Um, and, you know, he has all different style stuff. And beyond that, I mean, all of the vendors are amazing. We might actually uh, have some of our craft crossroad stuff in one of the vendors next year, thanks to Ignatius, which would be awesome. Um, we would love, of course, to set up our own tent, but, you know, that, that takes a lot sometimes. So to make it a little easier on us, we'll start this way. Uh, and when, you know, when you're in Penzik, it's really this immersive experience of going back in time anywhere from the ancient world up until the medieval renaissance period um and i mean that does include all types of people so while one might think oh like witches or pagan people might not be so welcomed in that kind of time period i mean you're right but also uh we are lucky enough that the people that go there are very understanding and open-minded so there's no actual witch hunts which is wonderful not even any staged ones which i'm really happy about um but like I said, too, before, there are different pagan organizations and get-togethers, so it is period to be pagan. It just, you know, kind of sucked sometimes. Um, but Unless you were in the giant villages. That yeah, unless, that, yeah unless you lived in your own, in your own village of people. Game, you know, screwed your shit up. Right, and like, so basically... What's what's great about it though is when you're there, you get to learn the history of these things. I mean, we went to a class on uh, a small history of witches. Uh, you get to learn different perspectives, and sometimes, you know, I mean, it's good to know that while there were witch hunts, um, there are also plenty of kings and nobility that hired soothsayers. It was just this weird, like, I guess if a rich guy liked you or you were a rich guy, it was cool. But if you weren't, it wasn't cool. You know, so not much has changed. Yeah, so it's yeah, exactly not much has changed. It's pretty much the same as we look throughout history. Well, if you're poor, well, you're screwed. If you're rich, then you know you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and yeah, but I mean, all, honestly, at the end of the day, all the parties that are there are very pagan esque anyway, because there's lots of awesome drum music and dancing. Um, and you get to dress in garb, so you can dress however you like. Either you can go so far into it as to get a persona. And that means just adopting a character from back in the day. You can't be a real person that existed in history, but you can model yourself off of people. Um, and that's something that we would like to get more into. There's tons of SCA events. And if you guys want to know any more about the other ones, let us know. I do have to say, Courtney is now starting to delve into that persona. And uh, what was it? The Middle Eastern-esque? Or? Yeah, so I really like Middle Eastern clothing, apparently. And... Um, that I discovered while at Penzik, because uh, all of their clothes are very cool, as in like temperature-wise, it keeps you cool, um, and it can get really hot at Penzik, so I appreciate that. The funny thing is, uh, picking your persona when you end up uh, getting involved in all that fun stuff. It, the people there really 
run with what you have to give. Uh, obviously, um, with who I am, I try to embody things on the fiery side. And I honestly think that the Norse really enca- uh, encapsulates my name as it is. What's really funny is <laughs> by the end of Benzik, when they're trying to get rid, the vendors are trying to get rid of their product, one of them was uh, spinning their own yarn and string. And she goes, uh, Dear Kelt, would you like your uh, lady's hair back? <laughs> oh, they're feisty there. Um, I mean, if you guys want to see pictures of all the different stuff that we did, I am terrible. And when I go there, I kind of just shut off to most things, um, like as, like social media-wise or like technology-wise. So I have a few pictures. Uh, so if you guys want to see pictures from our Pensic Adventures, just let me know. I will post them in the group and stuff. So give us a shout-out in the groups or on um, you know Instagram or Twitter, and we'll share those with you guys. Yes. Um, the biggest thing, the war in Penzik War, that must be t- uh, spoken of, and you uh, referenced the big field that we went to do our ritual in. This big field is where they do a giant battle between all the kingdoms. Each, uh, basically, where you stay, where you're you're in a camp, nine times out of ten, it's a it's a, a division of a, of a barony, a duchy, a kingdom. There's so many different combinations of things depending on which culture is being represented. And there are royalty. There are sitting crown heads. A lot of these people are business people who donate a lot of their money and time to really making these events uh, what they are and transforming them over time, inviting new things in. It's incredibly interesting. And it's, you know, it's a way to kind of uh, earn other titles if you're a title collector like me. I love doing things like that. I'm very much known as a bard uh, there. They have this one particular thing, um, which is which is an entire set that was built by a Hollywood set designer uh, named uh, the, well, the, the house is called the Bardici House. And usually they have this whole Italian style uh, remodeled uh, house that actually has a copy of the Sistine Chapel as the ceiling. And I usually end up doing so much dancing in there. The last night I, I went there, after I did all my performance, my performances, um, Ignatius and I are, are bards when we're there. Um, we, receive, we receive honors. We're paid in minted coins. I've had the honor and privilege of attaining the honorary house token as a bard, so you know it's cool. You can get as you can really amass as many awards and in, in anything as possible, and compete in anything. You know, give anything a try. Um, and it's a great way to delegate and do business. But oh, and if any of you do go, we are the Barony of Andabegin currently. Before we inevitably decide to make our own our own village, but we will. Uh, now that we've given you a crash course of that, we'll talk a little bit about Lunasa. And Lamas, you have something to say? Oh, no, go ahead. Okay. So, Lamas and Lunasa. Some people tend to use these words very interchangeably. The differences have to do with, you guessed it, which one's Christian and which one is older Celtic pagan. Uh, Lunasa, a lot of modern Wiccans tend to celebrate and have adopted, and a lot of modern modern neo-pagans in general, um, and recreationists alike. Lunasa is the celebration commemorating the god Lu, L-U-G-H, much like the name Hugh, but uh, Lu is a 
a multifaceted deity, I believe, of the Tuatha Dé Danann tribe, who is a master warrior, a master bard, a master craftsman. Essentially, what you can, uh, especially when you think of like blacksmithing or anything that's really creating, and a big thing you could do spellwise for this. And we tend to celebrate it gradually throughout the week. We celebrate the Sabbaths kind of in a seven-day span, or wherever the weather tells us to, um, simply because sometimes, it, you know, in this day and age, it's we can't follow on the exact Sabbath, especially when you're at a place like Penzik, things will get away from you. It is interesting uh, what you can do for Lunasal. It because it is the midway point between the summer and the fall. It's the prelude to Maybon. It is the time when the summer finally starts to relax and the heat and the humidity starts to go away. The first harvest, when people harvest a lot of grain and a lot of, well, in later years, corn, when corn was discovered and then brought uh, in exchange throughout Europe. The name Lamas, which is the Christian counterpart of the particular celebration, Lamas meaning the loaf mass. Anything that ends with mas, you think Christmas, candle mas, maybe you have um, lamas. Anything that ends with mas, it implies mass, it implies Christianity. It's a real rarity that you'll hear that, and that's not the case. <laughs> oh, excuse me. But what is consistent is the foods, the colors. This is when a lot of the more... Um, so a little less earthy shades as you would and, and tawny shades that you would see in autumn and more of the rich more vibrant versions of the same shade. So you see the colors of of corn so you'll see yellow and like uh, lighter more sun bleached sort of green. Uh, you can see uh, more tawny looking reds and browns. So you think the colors the colors of bread and corn and certain types of grain, the things that you would see essentially at the first harvest as opposed to the second and third, which you think Maybon and then Samhain. What uh, spell work that we did and what we love to work with at that time, Penzik is a very primal time uh, for us, uh, especially myself. I won't speak for my friends as, as much as myself, but I use it as a time to really get out the dancing portions of what it is I like to do. I really like to let the dancing take me because there are so many, so many types of drums there that people play, uh, special old school instruments. The one and only international minstrels troupe known as Volgamut goes there very often, of which we are well acquainted with. Very good people, strongly recommend. You want any, you want any pagan music, we strongly, strongly recommend them. Um... And plus, they're just great people. Uh, their their main director, Michael, uh, a lovely gentleman who's always in a minstrel outfit, who plays a, a particular type of wind instrument, whose name is what's name is escaping me right now. Strongly recommend. Uh, basically, there are tons of parties around the fires, under awnings, sometimes right out in the open, and people can really use their opportunity to express themselves in all sorts of ways. Even in ways that are a bit more unsavory. We'll leave it to your imagination because we're trying to keep our PG rating talking about this. But if you go to Penzik, you'll you'll see yourself talking about it. Yes. Um, and the wonderful thing about that is, you know, you can really just be immersed in all different kinds of culture. And if you guys uh, have any questions about anything we're talking about, 
please just, you know, um, contact us and let us know. We'd be happy to answer any questions. And I really hope this recording has a decent quality for being in a moving car. Um, so, oh, and sorry, you wanted to say something, Andrea? Oh, yes. oh are we going on a break? Or? No. Okay. Um, so, uh, yes, if... If you want to get into the SCA and you would like to dip your feet a bit first, there are tons of local events. We are going to three local events over the next couple of months. We are going to the celebration of, I think, John Barleycorn or yeah. whatever. Yes, that one's interesting. That one is up in South Salem. New York. South Salem, New York. Yes, uh, thank you for reminding me. So uh, that will be in the beginning of September. I want to say the first, the second, or the third. First weekend of September. Yeah. Then the next one will be the Feast of St. Andrew. Uh, St. Andrew's, uh, that it will be in Middle Island, uh, Long Island, New York. That will be at the end of September. And then sometime in November, there will be the Arrows, Axes, and Ales event, which is another excuse to come. I can assume you imagine what the main thing to do there is. Um, and it's also a time to really come and have a giant grand feast, bunch of brewers, there's brewing competitions, and truth be told, for the money, even if you're not a member, it's literally like usually just $25 a head or something, it really kind of depends, there's lodging at the John Barleycorn event, that's a whole weekend long event, but the other ones are day, day events, and they, the day events usually don't cost more than $25 to $30 a head if you're a non-member, and you get all of these things, you can pretty much have all you can eat and drink. Plus, the best part of all is you get to hang out with us. <laughs> if you come to any of the local ones, um, New York obviously is, is pretty easy for us. Um, it would also be easy for anyone that is able to make SpellCon. It's kind of basically the same distance. So if you're able to do that, uh, you know, we'd love to see you there and it would be awesome. Very much so. But continuing on uh, with the celebrations of Lunasa and Lamas. Lunasaw is very interesting because we are actually very new in connection in regards to the god Lu. Um, yesterday was a big connection sort of period for us. It was very calming. Lu is a very straightforward sort of feeling thus far. Uh, the spell that, uh, sing, he's saying how he's a craftsman, he can help you learn and perfect any skill. He's very much a patient, a patron of the crafts, any craft really. And yesterday, uh, the spell that we did, you just pick one thing that you yourself would like to improve on, that you would either like to gain the skill of within a year and a day. A year and a day is a big consistency in, in Celtic Norse lore. Or a, it can be a skill that you already have that you would like to perfect noticeably a year and a day from that time. So that's the spell that we did with Loom. And we also, because of Tenzik, all the dancing and everything that was going on, all that... The, the earthing energy, the, or the vibratory balancing act that we did for ourselves. We also worked with the god Kernanos and the goddess Gaia, uh, which have a, have a lovely combination despite being uh, cross pantheons. It's something that, that we do. Uh, we celebrate the primal sides of the divine masculine and the divine feminine. That is a big thing that we like to celebrate at the end of summer because it's the midway point between summer and fall. The, the divine masculine and the divine feminine, but where they come in in their most violent of ways as opposed to the meeting of elements of earth and air, which change between the transition of winter to spring. Yeah, and um, just 
as a note for everyone, um, you know, we always like to include different ways that you can practice either while traveling or on vacation. Um, and also to kind of ease any worries about having the right kind of things, quote unquote, or enough. Um, I mean, with our ritual that we did on the field at Pensick, it was very minimalist. You know, we couldn't really bring too much with us that's outside the realm of, you know, packing for camping and everything. Um, so we had just two statues, three candles, um, our pendant, well, four if you count the, yeah, four if you count the one that's for our manifestation, um, but three for the deities that we had out there, uh, Kernan, Oskaya, and Lou. And then we also had the pentacle. For those who have been with us for quite a while, or mainly you guys, not so much me, <laughs> but uh, there was an episode a while back where it was very minimalist oriented when I was away at a summer camp and I had almost nothing. So, you know, check that out if you want more of an idea of what to do when you have almost nothing around. And if you feel like we should touch on more minimalist magic, then please drop us a note. I'll be happy to delve into more of that. Yeah, those are the Shelter Island episodes. So you guys can go back and check them out. Um, now, there's nothing in order, so you can finish listening to this episode first and go back whenever you like. Um, but it's just different ideas about, you know, what you can do while you're not at home. And, um, you know, even Andriel, he's very ritualistic. He very much enjoys setting up the rituals for us. But he was able to do this and still feel comfortable and happy and like he was accomplishing something. Um, and even with the, you know drawing the quarters we didn't even have quarter candles we just had to draw a very very simple circle um but of course that's still always very important especially when you're calling anything down very much so i so always remember friends there is no wrong there is no bad there is just different and or better for you or better in regards to what it is you're trying to work with uh so you know if you can do something great if you can't always remember something is always better than nothing Yes, and actually I'm going to reference uh, an email we recently received uh, from Melissa. So she is one of our Patreon supporters and a really big fan of the show. And woo, and she uh, she had a question about um, manifesting things in the car, like while driving. Like, you know, could she manifest, for instance, um, like a safety spell, like, you know, protect her car or something like that. So, yeah, so something like where you're kind of using your energy to guard something or if you're praying for something while moving um i mean you you can do that you have enough concentration it's not like you have to have um everything in like you know of, of an official ritual setting but like andreal said there's always better and more efficient but i mean i still think it gets done uh, so uh we have a few of that i think uh ignatius has one and then i uh, has a particular spell and visualization in mind and i have a couple so uh why don't you start with him as he's the one behind the wheel sure yeah so this will be uh this will be good because it's perfect and fits in with our whole vacation and talking about this in the car what's very nice is when you're behind the wheel of the car well guess what your steering wheel can be your dummy per se if you're going to be willing energy into whatever that you're trying to manifest and visualize. So it's basically your wand. Yes, it's more or less your wand, and you're using that to transmit to what you need to do. And if, once you do that, it, you're in such a trance-like state anyway as you're staring out of the road, especially <laughs> now for hundreds of miles. Might as well accomplish something. <laughs> May as well accomplish something <laughs> in the meantime. So just imagining the steering wheel being something uh, that you need to be manifesting or, or your transmission tool, if you want to be calling yeah. that. Um, there are things such as uh, 
uh, the practice of Reiki. Uh, granted, those who are not attuned are not really able to do it because you need to be attuned to do it. Anywho, is to uh, imagine a person that you're wanting or whatever it is that you're trying to heal. You imagine the steering wheel is that object or that person and you're able to transmit it through the steering wheel to that person per se. Yeah, which is great. And what's your story, Unreal? Yes, okay, so there's a couple of things you can actually do. So if we're talking about, like, during the act of driving, uh, it could be the same uh, spell and visualization that you use to put a barrier up against yourself, but instead you allow it to encase your entire car. So essentially what I do, especially if I'm driving, you know, I don't, uh, I, I'll take one of my hands uh, unless it's like a really busy sort of highway. But if you're, if you're cruising and you have the chance to take uh, your dominant hand and create a ball of energy that surrounds your hand, place it onto your chest and then slowly will to expand it around your car. And then you can visualize for a hot second that anyone who gets close to you or anything that you're trying to repel bounces off the car. So visualize that. And then when you feel enough of that energy manifesting, when that when you feel it solid enough, your intuition will tell you when you need to stop. It usually doesn't take me more than a couple of minutes. So uh, if you're not moving, there's an old Italian uh, type of magic that involves coins to protect your car. Basically, you take as soon as, as soon as, especially if you get a new car or if you want to do it, you can do this at any time, but usually Italians do it when you get a new car. You take whatever pocket change you have on you and you throw it in either the passenger or the back seat. And that is supposed to bring good fortune and protection. Yeah, I did that uh, when I first got my car. So um, that's actually a thing in my family is that when someone gets a new car, you throw change in there for them. And uh, actually, in my first, first car, um, I had a dollar bill wrapped around like the headrest part. Someone did that for me for super look. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I'm hopefully, Melissa, that answers a lot of your questions. And if you need us to elaborate even further, please let yeah. me know. Yeah, if you need us to elaborate or you have any more questions, feel free to email us. Uh, witchypage at gmail.com and that goes for anybody uh, you know if and you have questions about um, any other things you've done or ideas you have um, you know we'd, we'd be happy to talk to you guys about it uh, and that kind of gives us a good place to have a little bit of a break so we will be right back after this Did you know that in the original Bloody Mary ritual, you had to walk backwards up a flight of stairs? Oh, really? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the purpose was to catch a glimpse of your future husband's face. Really? I wish I could find my future husband that easily. Honestly, all I really want to do now is drink a Bloody Mary. Well, how about we go make some Bloody Marys while you tell me more fun facts about Bloody Mary? Join us every week at Booze and Spirits. Where we make our favorite drinks and tell each other our favorite paranormal stories. Find us under Booze and Spirits on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, and Podbean. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Booze and Spirits. Okay, and we are back. We're going to continue talking about Lunasa and Llamas and get to more of the meat and potatoes of this. So, yes... Lunasa or Lunasa, which, of which I've heard pronounced both ways, and Lamas together 
celebrated on August 1st and uh, February 1st in the Southern Hemisphere, which is uh, the, the opposite day, which we would have here would be Imbolc, is the first harvest, as was stated earlier in the podcast. It is a time for magic that involves harvesting certain things that you need. So if you did magic, let's say, earlier in the year that was meant to be an investment and you really want to reap the rewards, if you do spells that essentially are about, like, biding time, spells that you bury in the earth as opposed to burn, this is a time to really kind of harvest, sort of cash in the money in the bank, especially for all you wrestling fans out there. Shout out. It is a time for really appreciating the motherly side of Mother Earth, which is why we work with Gaia. The uh, other entities associated with this day, uh, outside of Lou, I also, like I said, I work with Kernanos. You could probably work with Herna as well. Some people say Herna and Kernanos are the same entity. Some people say they're different. I believe that they're different. Uh, Isis and Kridwin. The particular symbolism outside of just the harvest is also the bounty, the plentiful abundance transformation, transformative sort of prosperity, where one thing brings the prosperity of another. Uh, Purification and a transition period. The unification between the male and female aspects, the winding down of the male form, really, so the refinement of the male thanks to the feminine energy. The colors are the deep greens, the golden yellows, the deep oranges, shimmering bronzes, Browns, really tan and tawny sort of colors, but uh, a little darker, as opposed to the paler, the paler, more haunting ones that come in later months. The stones include adventurine, uh, lodestones, tiger's eye, citrine, obsidian, carnelian, um, yellow or tawny stones. Um, I would say starlight probably work. The herbs are rosemary, blackthorn, grapevine. Rose hips, marigold calendula, goldenrod, peony, yarrow, vervain, sunflower, obviously, it's also another time for sunflower seeds, poppy seeds, basils, hops, and uh, much grain, a lot of grain, um, herbs, food, and drinks, I guess. Food, you think mushrooms, like uh, we made actually, there's so many recipes. We made a uh, mushroom, a mushroom uh, squash soup. Uh, which uh, mushroom squash garlic uh, quinoa you can exchange the quinoa with barley um, for those of you who don't need uh, closer things to grain you know quinoa works very well grapes jam cobblers pies this is when you can start with cider ale more beer and whiskey as opposed to cider ale and mead that comes a little bit later once you get to maybon and so on honey breads corns onions and uh, the list the list certainly goes on, friends, if we want to get a very intricate. The incense are rose, rosemary, frankincense, sandalwood, basil, really sweeter uh, sort of smells. Uh, blackthorn, I think I, I think I had said. Basil, yes, is also... Yeah, basil is associated with fire. So, you know, that fiery energy, again, that male aspect is why that is included in this uh, time of year. Why is that uh, herb based in fire? Do you know why? Basil? Yes. Um, I believe it has to do with the story of why it was named, but I'm going to have to double check on that one. 
Fair enough. Information for another podcast. Uh, we are currently, again, riding in a very cramped car, so our grimoires aren't exactly right in front of us. So, that being said, now, Lamas, the Christian counterpart of this particular holiday, tends to celebrate uh, being thankful and counting your blessings in Christianity. Um, I'm ah, the, the name of the saint that is around this time is escaping me. I'm sure the next time we're able to talk about this, I'll be able to reference it. There is a St. Feast Day that I believe is close. Um, obviously, St. Andrew's uh, gets closer to more September. It's more of a Maybon sort of celebration. But Lamas is very much about counting your blessings. It's about giving thanks uh, to the more, to the sanctified farmlands, uh, blessing, blessing and praying over the crops so that you can have more harvests to reap as the next couple of years go on as a big thing is to not count the chickens before they hatch, so to speak, or not count the grain and corn before it's grown by the plenty. So uh, that in and of itself uh, to keep in mind. A lot of cuisine. We stated that the mushroom soup. We also, uh, you can make a garlic pesto with tortellini. That's what we had done. We made a garlic pesto with tortellini to, uh, and with pignoli nuts. That is a very good, especially a more Italianate side of what it is you can celebrate for food-wise this time of year. Uh, lots of corn. Make so much corn. Uh, you give a little corn can be used as the offerings. Corn and grain, very easy offerings to give. Mead, uh, mead, whiskey, and uh, beer, very good offerings to give. Lou is a Celtic deity, so a lot of things that are whiskey is definitely an offering uh, worth giving. And uh, really, now it's the time to really get that last violent outer dancing. Like I said, this is probably even more, at least at this point in my life, even more of a primal time than than summer, the, the longest day of the year. For I'd argue that Lunasa is when the hottest parts of the years are over. Well, it's really funny that you're saying that the more primal side and more of the aspect of the dancing, Andreal, is, uh, well, for those who have not seen him dance, he, he kind of looks like, uh, I don't know, Gollum. <laughs> wow. That's mean. I wouldn't say that, but he definitely is enjoying his dancing, which is good because that's what it's about, having fun. Uh, yes. Well, dancing is a, is a good way to really let the deities kind of channel through you. I would argue, and this is something that I would say. Is for for in any chant. This isn't just uh, Lunasa or Lamas, but in any time, if you really want to ground yourself, dance. Just go with the. Fl- it doesn't have to be that good. It really doesn't. Like I'm not by any means. I'm I'm a vocal performer, and, and dance technique is at times contrary to vocal performance. So there's only so much that I can go into without getting counterintuitive with my voice, um, especially when you work opera like I do. But. Um, uh, I, you know, it, when you, if you're drinking to the deities and if you're dancing for the deities, if you just simply, before you do anything, before you drink or, and before you dance or before you do anything, if you simply say, I declare this to the, any higher powers, you can be general, you can be a specific matron or patron deity or entity or spirit, be the lower, I dance for, I dance for the, all, a lot of higher powers, deities, Spirits, angels, loa. I, I, I dance for a lot of them, and I ask them to channel themselves through me. And after I do it every single day, even though I can get so tired and and dance until I buckle, it lets it out. And you know, dr- drinking definitely does help. But I do it sober too, 
And it's something to be said about really letting it, it take you. And, and don't be afraid of, of trusting. If you ask them to guide you too, you truth be told, like I move very violently. And I didn't hit anybody except one person who was standing in my way. But I made an effort to do that on purpose because I, I had to do it like five times. A dear, good friend of mine. So they, they had it. Uh, they knew what was up. Yes, I mean, as I said before, the primal sides are... It is actually very fun to be dancing in that manner. As much as I like to uh, push Andreo's buttons, it's it's all in good fun. Uh, I've done it myself, and honestly, he and myself alone never dance. So it truly is very... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Liberating to do something like that, and it actually gives us quite pleasure, a lot of pleasure in, in doing these things. Oh, sorry, almost dropped the phone. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So that, in and of a nutshell, is what is what we did uh, for Lunasa and uh, and Lamas. Really make sure to really you know eat those foods, sit down, and it's. And after, the biggest thing I can always suggest is after you tire yourself out from all of that primal release, sit and reflect, let things settle, because this is the prelude to Maybon, is the prelude to the witch season in and of itself. So, have fun with that, friends. I think that's a good place for me to end it for the very, uh, for what it is I know offhand and what it, the very little that I have in front of me. Yeah, so I think uh, that... That wraps up a really awesome vacation episode. Um, you know, we are happy to be able to let you guys know about this holiday, about what we did while we were on vacation. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's just such a wonderful experience. Um, and Pensick, uh, you know, since it is in Pennsylvania, if anyone is local or is able to get there and you'd like more information, you can visit PensickWar.org. Uh, you can also talk to us and kind of get you set up there if you'd like to go. Normally it's two weeks, but we go for a week. Um, And there's a variety of things for you to do. So there's classes, there's dancing, there's uh, parties, there's merchants and all these other things. So there's really something for everybody. Um, Yes. There's quite a few very interesting and unique vendors there. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are shoppers, it is a wonderful place to get very uh, one-of-a-kind items. Um, what's it called? Uh, I ended up singing for one of the vendors. Uh, shout out to Elena's, who we are trying to have a partnership in for next Penzik. Uh, they ended up giving, uh, gifting me a couple of ju- pieces of jewelry, a Celtic cross necklace, and a wonderful set of prayer beads. It's just truly baffling the history behind these things, but that's a time, uh, something for another time. Yeah, and uh, hey, I think we're definitely due for a history of something episode or a couple of them. Uh, and if, of course, anyone listening would like to add in what you'd like to hear, um, you know, if you are interested in more holiday episodes, even if they're minor or of, you know, different cultures outside of the typical wheel of the year, um, you just let us know. And, 
you can always find us on uh, Facebook, Spellcast Podcast. We have a Facebook page and a private Facebook group. Um, please answer the questions so I know that you listen to the podcast or know someone that does, and then I will be happy to add you. We have been having a little trouble with some trolls on our Facebook page, so apologies for that ahead of time. Trying to keep that from happening, uh, but that is why we have a private Facebook group, so we don't have to deal with that. And also, you guys can feel free to share anything, any questions or ideas on that page, especially, or on that group rather, especially if you have people uh, on your Facebook that maybe wouldn't be so accepting of that ideas. Just let it, just, you know, so you guys know everyone on that page is a safe space. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, which is Witchy Page. We're also on Twitter at SpellcastPod. Um, and as a recap for our really special event, SpellCon is coming up October 19th. It's a Saturday from 2 to 11. We have a Facebook page as well as an event page on Facebook and an Instagram that I just created as well. That is at spell underscore con. It has all the information you could possibly need. Um, and Instagram is great because there's pictorial forms. So you can get a little inside look to what our vendors look like. Um, we also are going to be having our craft crossroads stuff there. Um, there's going to be a lot of amazing vendors, performers, uh, experts in their field, and it should be a really, really amazing time. And uh, we're happy to have you guys there. We hope you can at least be with us in spirit, if not in person. Uh, But thank you so much to everyone that listens. If you'd like to support us beyond just listening, uh, reviewing, and sharing, you can always go to patreon.com forward slash spellcast. That is our Patreon page. We have different tiers for all different level practitioners. So there's something for everybody. You get fun little gifts from us. um, And, you know, we're happy to have you there. Plus... Uh, it's really appreciated that you spend your hard-earned cash and resources on supporting the show. Uh, we couldn't do it without any of our listeners. So thank you so, so much. And remember... May your inner furnace burn ever brighter. There's a little witch in all of us. And the spirits live in the mirror. <laughs>